Hey guys, this is John Barksell, and I just want to tell you, if you haven't listened to the Three Ball Podcast, you're missing out on a host that's headed for brighter lights and bigger things. Galt Goldman has a plethora of accurate statistics, and his sports acumen, acumen is second to none. Look out, Stephen A., Skip, Pollock, Cowherd, Patrick. He's next. Catch him now so you can say you were there in the beginning. Hello and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast, everybody. Today on the podcast, we are talking about the Bucks. They won the NBA championship. Is Giannis the best player in the NBA? Uh, what's next for Phoenix after that loss? Um, the new Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, uh, did their expansion draft. We'll be talking about that. And the AEW review, possibly the best AEW episode I've watched. I actually... Sad to say this enjoyed the episode. So we'll talk about that. Uh but first let's start off with the Bucks. They won it all. They are the NBA champions. Giannis ended in the closeout game, put up a fifty piece, yes, a fifty piece, fifty points. Um let's see if I can pull up the box score for the rest of the team now. Apparently not. My phone does well. My ESPN app doesn't want to do anything. Um, but I'll continue to try to pull that up. But Giannis had fifty, which is freaking amazing. It's it's the first time somebody scored fifty in a closeout game since Bob Pettit. Um, and that was in the fifties. In as Emmanuel Acho said, that was when TVs were black and white, and so were our country. Um, uh, to quote Emmanuel Acho. But, you know, it was it was a very entertaining game. I watched it all because it was Giannis, my man. I do love me some Giannis. He is my, well, I'll get to that later. But the Bucks, uh, they had a pretty good strategy. Let Giannis drive. Let Giannis get the ball. Let Giannis score. Let Giannis do everything. Giannis also had five blocks. Giannis playing both sides of the floor unlike most NBA superstars like James Harden and LeBron James. Um... So, yeah, okay, so for the Suns, Jay Crowder was 4 of 11 with 15 points. DeAndre Ayton was 4 of 12 with 12 points and only 6 rebounds. Jeez. Uh, Chris Paul had 26. He was 11 of 19. And this, the quote-unquote future superstar, Devin Booker, 8 of 22, 19 points, 0 of 7 from the three-point line. Man, Frank the Tank had 6 points, Campaign had 10 points, and Cam Johnson had 3 points off a 1 of 5 shooting. The Bucks, P.J. Tucker didn't score, but he didn't need to score. Uh, Giannis had 50, 16 of 25, 1 of 3 from the 3-point line, 14 rebounds, and the most impressive stat, 17 of 19 from the free throw line from the Giannis onto the combo. Very impressive that he makes 17 out of 19. Giannis is clutch, too. Uh, Middleton had 17. He was 6 of 13. Brooke Lopez had 10. He was 5 of 10. And Drew Holiday was 4 of 19 with 12 points and 11 assists. One rebound shy of a triple-double. Milwaukee's own favorite, Bobby Portis, had 16 points. He was 6 of 10. And Pat Connaughton didn't score. Wow. Okay, Patty. But he had eight rebounds, which was more than DeAndre Aiden. The Suns did not have a good game plan defensively. They did not build a wall like most teams have done to stop Giannis. They said, well, we got DeAndre Aiden. Let's just let him guard him one-on-one. And Monty Williams never changed the game plan because it worked in games one and two where they just let Giannis go wild and nobody else helped. 
And game one, Giannis was coming off a hyperextended knee. So, of course, it worked in game one. <laughs> but in game two, Giannis dropped 40, and they still won. So, Monty said, hey, let's just let Giannis get his, and we'll win the game. That's pretty simple. But, ultimately, that didn't work because they ended up winning four straight games. And Monty Williams didn't change anything about guarding Giannis. But, also, you can't win game. You can't win game. You can't win the closeout game to take it to seven. Devin Booker's 8-22. And Chris Paul, well, and Chris Paul plays well, but Devin Booker's 8-22. You just can't win games like that. So, Milwaukee is the NBA champions. Now, let's sling it over and keep it about Giannis. Is Giannis the best player in the NBA right now? Yes, he is. He had the best closeout game ever, in my opinion. Especially that I've watched. Obviously, I, I didn't watch Jordan in 96 against Utah. Hold the pose. But he scored like 45% of the team's points. Made free throws. Played defense. Was clutched the entire game. And the people who would say all he does is run and dunk, false. Fadeaway mid-range jump shots. Hook shots. He can post up. He is a post player. Give him the ball in the post. Post spin. Hook. Bang. It's in. He even hit a three-pointer, too. Um, but obviously, I know some people are going to be like, well, Jordan had the best close-up game. He had 45, and he hit the game-winning shot on Byron Russell. Okay, I mean, sure, 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 whatever you want to say. But, I mean, you know, Scotty wouldn't do anything in that game, so. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think it's either between Giannis and MJ for the best closeout games of all time in the in this era of basketball, where we are not in the, since the NBA, ABA merger, I think Giannis and Jordan may have the best, the best closeout games of all time. Um. But yes, I do think Giannis is the best NBA player right now. Um, he's a defensive player of the year. Who else is playing defense that can play offense? Durant ain't playing defense constantly. LeBron's not. Curry's not. Jokic isn't. And B, uh, and B gets hurt. So, Giannis is the best defensive player in the NBA. Giannis is a top three post player in the NBA right now. Giannis apparently is clutch. Giannis is apparently a top five clutch player in the NBA right now. And don't give me Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's percentages drop off in the playoffs. So let's not talk about Dame being clutch. Just because he made some shots? Dude, a bunch of people make shots. I mean, Melo's got a bunch of clutch shots. I ain't saying Melo's one of the clutchest players in the NBA right now. Apparently, like... If C.J. McCollum has higher shooting percentages than you in the playoffs, are you really clutch? Just because I see you make a shot, you know, well, hey, the game went, the, the series went the gone to seven if you shot about 35% from the three-point line, dude. Um, Curry's not clutch either, so let's, let's not even throw that in the category. Uh, LeBron, I wouldn't say LeBron's clutch anymore either. I mean, LeBron's older. He's getting up there. Giannis, and so we can compare it to Durant. Because I know a lot of people think Kevin Durant's the best NBA player right now. Who passes better, Giannis or Durant? Well, Giannis. Who rebounds better, Giannis or Durant? Giannis. Who plays defense better, Giannis or Durant? Giannis. Who has a better post-up game, Giannis or Durant? And that one's pretty close, because Durant can hit that fadeaway, that fadeaway jump shot in the post. But I'm going to give it to Giannis. Only thing Kevin Durant does better than Giannis Antetokounmpo 
is shoot. That's it. Now, unfortunately, we in our league, in an era where all fans care about is shooting. They don't care about, hey, people like Ben Simmons who are great passers, great defenders, rebounders, who add value to the team besides shooting. But NBA fans don't care about that anymore. So, like, Luke Longley couldn't play in today's era because, now, I, he can, but fans wouldn't like him because he doesn't shoot. And, and that's the problem with today's NBA game. Right there. So Giannis is the best player in the NBA for the reasons I've listed. I mean, he's better than Durant. He's better than Harden. So I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, so what's next for Phoenix? So Chris Paul, I mean, Chris Paul getting gets older every year. Um, what's next for Phoenix? I don't know. I think they went through the the West this year because of injuries. I mean, obviously, well, you could say the same thing about the Bucks, but the Bucks have won, so it doesn't matter. Um, but the West, I mean, injuries. Obviously, we get we could see Clay back next year for the Warriors. Um, LeBron and well, AD was still hurt. Um, Kawhi was hurt, so. We really get to see what happens next year going into the playoffs. What what Phoenix is about. Do you run the team back? I don't think so. I Jay Crowder wasn't there when you needed him. He shot like five or twelve. It's not good. You need you need somebody who's a consistent shooter. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson wasn't there. DeAndre Ayton wasn't there. The thing is they like they've been building young, which is cool. But you need superstars to win these games. Giannis was the superstar. Giannis carried the team. He had 50. Over, almost basically 50% of the team's points. Devin Booker ain't no superstar. Devin Booker shot 8 of 22 in the closeout. Chris Paul showed that he's still that dude. But he's dropping 22 on 11 and 19. That's great. Great efficiency. He was amazing. But Devin Booker ain't that dude. DeAndre ain't in that dude. You need somebody who can score in the clutch, in close-up games. Somebody who's been there. Maybe you try to make a... I mean, DeRozan's not clutch by any matter. Maybe you try to make a move for DeRozan, who has that chip on his shoulder and definitely needs to play well in the playoffs the same way Chris Paul had that chip on his shoulder. Maybe you try to make a move for DeMar DeRozan. That's... Or, because he's a free agent, I think. But you need somebody else because Jay Crowder ain't the solution. Um, Cam Johnson ain't the solution to win an NBA title. Uh, DeAndre, I mean, he's a good big man, but he ain't the solution to win in the NBA title. Um, so it could be interesting to see if they try to make a move for DeMar and sign DeMar in free agency. Maybe you want to do something along the lines of Device Harris. I don't know. There, Who can really help Phoenix get... That step higher. I think you need somebody at Jay Crowder's position who's better than Jay Crowder. That's really what you need. Because Cam Johnson ain't it. I'll tell you that. So it's, it's really confusing about what they need to do. I mean, Lakers want to make a mo- want to make a run for Chris Paul. They might want to trade for him. But I don't think Phoenix gives that Chris Paul. I think they're going to run it back. Um, so yeah. But anyways... So yeah, uh, let's talk about the new Kraken hockey team. Holy cow. Um, let me get their roster real quick. 
Well, let's do the expansion draft. Um, let's see. Here we go. They were they didn't take really superstars, so to say. Uh, so let's let's see if I can pull up their roster real quick. Um, do 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 do. All right, here we go. They took Jeremy Lazon from the Boston Bruins, William Borgian from the Buffalo Sabres, Dennis Chalowski from the Red Wings, Chris Drager, who's the goalie in Florida, Kale Fleury from the Canadians, uh, Joey Decord from Ottawa, Yanni Gord from Tampa Bay, Eric McCann from Toronto, Morgan Greek from Carolina, um, Gavin Bayreuther from Columbus, Nathan Bastian from New Jersey, Jordan Eberl from New York Islanders, Colin Blackwell from the New York Rangers, Carson Chwaryinski from Philadelphia, Brandon Tanev from Pittsburgh, uh, Vitek Vanek from Washington, that's a goalie too, Tyler Pitlick from Arizona, uh, John Quinneville from sh- the Chicago Blackhawks, Jonas Dillon. Don Scowie from Colorado. Jamie Oluk. I don't know how to say that last name. From the Dallas Stars. Carson Soucy from the Minnesota Wild. Kale Jarmcrock from the Nashville Predators. Vince Dunn. Thank you for a normal name. From the St. Louis Blues. Mason Appleton from the Winnipeg Jets. Hayden Flurry from the Anaheim Ducks. Mark... Gio, Giordano from the Calgary Flames, Adam Larson from Edmonton, Curtis McDermott from the Los Angeles Kings, Alexander True from the San Jose Sharks, and the last player was Colt Lynn from the Vancouver Canucks. If you're wondering who those people are, I'm asking the same questions. Um, what do I think about the Seattle team? Um, I don't think it's going to be as successful as the Las Vegas Golden Knights was because the Golden Knights made the playoffs in like year one. It's like they the Stanley Cup finals in year one. I do believe. Uh, obviously, this team ain't going to be as successful as that because they had Mark Andre Fleury, who people know. They had a bunch of people who people knew. <laughs> I mean, this team ain't got nobody that people knows. They ain't got. They didn't take superstars. They didn't take anything. So yeah. Um. Best of luck to Seattle. I'm glad Seattle has a hockey team. So let's let's go to the AEW review. Holy crap. Did I enjoy this episode of AEW? I think so. Only because of one person though. I mean about two, but Jamal May Shaw Spears. Um so anyways, we start off we start off AEW. Um, fair warning, I did not watch the main event of this. Uh, because I don't like I, I New Japan with John Moxley, that ain't my thing. But I know he came up the wild thing. I know uh Somebody else won, so I'll talk about that later. So we saw the AW with Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. Um, the chairman, Sean Spears, and he has his chair. Um, so the stipulation for this match is because it's the laborers of Chris Jericho, and MJF said, "No, Chris Jericho's not in labor, but I, you could probably tell that from the way you could probably think that from the way he looks." Huh. Great one liner there from MJF. Um, so apparently the stipulation is that Sean Spears can use his chair and other chairs, but Chris Jericho can't use any chairs. So, MGF came out and joined commentary, and Jericho is totally out of shape, but it's okay. Um, Chris was beating up Sean Spears, and he took the camera, and he did the cameraman's job for a little bit. 
And then MGF said, you know what you call a hot girl in Texas? A tourist. And that definitely is as funny. MGF got one-liners now. Uh, they should keep MGF on commentary all the time. He was amazing. Uh, because they were, they were somehow talking about uh, the fans. He's like, oh, they don't have any girls here. He said, you know what you call a hot girl, Texas? Tourist. Why don't you shut up, JR? Um, and he also called Sean Spears a Canadian god. So apparently Sean Spears is a Canadian god with a little G. Um, also, MGF reminded us every 30 seconds that Sean Spears is one of the most smartest people ever. Um, then Jericho hit a top rope hurricane runner for some reason, and then Sean tapped out to the walls of Jericho, but Tully Glancer was distracting the referee. Wow. Then Sammy Guevara ran down to the ring, and Sammy, uh, pulled Tully off the ring rope. Wow, that's an old man. You probably shouldn't have done that. And then Sean gets out of the walls of Jericho while he hit Chris... Then he hit Chris with a Death Valley driver, and Chris Jericho kicked out at two. Okay. The Death Valley driver, which is Sean Spears' finisher, you're going to have Jericho kick out of on free TV. That's, that's great. If you want to do that, why wouldn't you just let not let Sean Spears hit his finish and let Jericho just hit his finish and you win the match with Jericho clean instead of Frank and have... But either way, this is a, a giant L for Sean Spears. Sean Spears is getting beat clean by Jericho. Old Jericho, fat Jericho, out of shape Jericho. Um, but whatever. So, <laughs> he hit his Death Valley driver and he kicked out. Then Chris hit his crappy little elbow, which definitely isn't worse than the Death Valley driver, and he wins. And then MGF is mad, and he said, listen, uh... Dudes from the inner circle can't come out here anymore to help you. And also, the second labor is a no-DQ match versus Nick Gage. And the MDK gang is here. So Nick Gage came out. And is Nick Gage in the pinnacle now? That'd be cool. Uh, well, not really, because Gage is supposed to be heel, but he's a face. So I don't know what AEW is doing. Um, well, that's just his character in general. Nick Gage is supposed to be heel, but he's face. So, I don't know. Um, so... <laughs> Nick Gage is here in AEW, which, cool, but why are we bringing him in? I mean, it's cool that he's here, but you're going to waste his debut, and he's going to get beat clean by Jericho, unless Matt Cardona comes out to screw Nick Gage. But why Why does anybody care about Nick Card- Matt Cardona? I watch him on Impact, and he doesn't make any impact. In fact, he's boring on impact. He's, he feuds with Brian Myers, who's Kurt Hawkins. Dude, this... I mean, I'm glad Nick Gage is here, but... Geez, you know, have him waste his debut losing to Jericho in his specialty of match. Okay, whatever. Whatever AEW, Tony Khan, whatever you guys want to do here. Then we had Doug Callows versus Frankie Kazarian. And JR called Doc a handsome man. He's Dallas a handsome man. Uh, okay, JR. I mean, whatever. Okay. Uh, so there were a lot of distractions, uh, you know, because they had the worst referee of all time in the ring. And because uh, it's the elite's referee, quote unquote. So Doc would distract him and then call Anderson or whatever. I don't know. I don't know their names. Uh, Machine Gun Anderson would freaking uh, beat up Freddie Kazarian outside the ring while Doc was distracting him. And the Elite win, and Doc beats Frankie clean in the ring. Jesus. Uh, the Elite Hunter just got beat clean. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, 
instead of having Frankie win and then get beat up after the match by the Elite, which would have made totally more sense. So you just let Frankie Kazarian get beat clean by some dude who's on impact. Okay. Uh, then Kenny Omega showed up with Don Callis. Uh, then Kenny forgot his line while he was talking and Don Callis had to tell it to him. Then Adam Page showed up and the Cowboy and the fans started chanting cowboy shit. Um, and then Page was getting beat up till the, the Dark Order showed up. All out of shape uncles, basically. And one of the dudes from the Dark Order missed their kick. Great segment there. Least favorite part of the show. <laughs> Dog Gallows beating Frankie Kazarian clean and then having freaking Kaz getting beat up after the match. And Hangman Page gets beat up after the match. And then the Dark Order has to come out and make the save. And then they screw up the save by missing a kick. Okay. Um, then we get a Brian Cage interview backstage, which he doesn't talk in. He just said, wait. Is Team Taz still... Well, he didn't even talk. We just cut the Team Taz. They said, hey, Ricky Starr is going to have a celebration next week. And then Cage said, are they here? Are they still here? And then the interviewer's like, no, dude. And he's like, well, I like the party too. And then he just leaves. <laughs> that was a Kevin Nash promo. Okay. We had Wheeler... And then the next match is Wheeler Utah versus Darby Allen. Jesus Christ. Never mind. I didn't like this show. I went to... I... I forgot every bad part of the show just because Nate Gage came out. But he, what is this? Um, never mind. I didn't enjoy the show. Forget that. I realize I'm taking all my notes right now. I just let Nick Gage freaking make the show a 10 out of 10 for me. Even though Nick Gage isn't really 10 out of 10. But whatever. So Wheeler Universe is Darby Allen. And of course Sting is following Darby Allen around. Walking around at 62. Can't move. Um... And, of course, there's a guy from New Japan in the crowd wearing a Bullet Club shirt, baby. Bullet Club, baby. Uh, okay, dude, whatever. It's not Chris Bay, so I don't care. Um, also, they said AWGM, or Tony Schiavone said AWGM game is the number one GM wrestling game in the, uh, whatever, the App Store. It said something like that. And then I looked it up, and there's only one other GM game on the App Store, and I don't think AEW is actually higher rated than it. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, let's look that up real quick. Is AEW GM the highest rating GM game? GM Wrestling. <laughs> so, Wrestling GM. Ah. Uh, Wrestling GM is actually rated a four and a half star. Uh, 80s Mania Wrestling Return, well, is a five star. Wrestling Empire is a four star, but that's not even GM anymore. Uh, and AEW General Manager is four star. So it is not the bad number one rated GM game in the on the App Store. They lied to us on national television, <laughs> which I'm not surprised. AEW does that a lot. Um, and then Cassidy and Sting talk, look at each other, and then Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets, and then Sting lightly taps him in the shin, and they do that for about 10 seconds, and it's the biggest waste of time ever. Um, 
And also, uh, Darby won because of course he did, and there was no hype around this match, and I don't know why they had this match. Like, why wouldn't he face like Scorpio Sky? I mean, Scorpio Sky was there last week, and we all know Sting can't face Scorpio Sky in a TV match. So, why wouldn't you have him face Scorpio Sky and have Scorpio in? I don't know. And then the Blade attacked Arch Cassidy after the match, and then we get hype for Arch Lance Archer versus John Moxley for their second Texas Death Match. I didn't watch the first one. I didn't watch the second one. Um, and of course, the Duke from Japan, they showed him again. He's wearing the Bullet Club shirt, throwing up the deuce, or whatever he does, whatever. Yeah, we had Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. Uh, this 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 show was bad, now that I think about it. I mean, I let Nick Gage turn the opinion. Um, we had Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. Uh, so, I usually enjoy Britt Baker matches, but this one I didn't enjoy. Oof. Um, Britt Baker is a face now, apparently, after she was the heel for the last three weeks, and now she's the face. Cool. Love it. Uh, they just immediately turn her face after she won the title because you need a baby face as a champion, apparently. Who knows? Um, Britt Baker won with a backslide, but they said, but then the. The ref was like, ah, because some, somebody screwed up. The ref was like, no, 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 she didn't win. There was one count, which he obviously went to the mat for three, and it was a three count. But then the commentators had to make up something. By the way, they're watching this on a monitor, which shows you the TV camera angle. They're like, well, Excalibur said, well, well, well you know, her shoulder was up. And, what? How do you know that, Caliber? You're watching the same TV angle we're watching. He's like, it was beautiful wrestling by uh, whoever, whoever. I mean, uh, her shoulder was up. Excalibur's going off about that the shoulder was up. And obviously it wasn't. Brent Baker already won the match, but it was whatever. Um, so they're like, huh, well, we messed up. Let's just continue the match like nothing happened. And the fans were mad too, because obviously the fans can see that it was a three count. They're sitting sitting on the side where they see Nyla's shoulders. I obviously saw that that was a three count, but whatever. Um, so Nyla Rose hit a Death Valley driver and didn't cover her. Okay, cool. Then Nyla hit a knee drop, a top rope knee drop or whatever, and Britt Baker kicked out. Cool. Um, then they go to a double down for some random reason. Uh, they went to a double down. Cool. Uh, Britt tried to pull an Eddie Guerrero by pretending she got hit with the title, and uh, she fell on the ground. But Nyla Rose, the ref was distracted way too much. And then Nyla Rose tossed the title to Britt, and then she was pretending like uh, she was about to get hit. And the ref was like, okay, well, I mean, eh, whatever. Just, just throw the title away. <laughs> the ref was like, okay, whatever. Uh, cool. Um, Nyla hit her powerbomb finish, which Britt kicked out of on live television. Cool, cool, cool. And then Britt got the lockjaw in and wins. Okay, cool. She actually kept the glove on for like, like for 10 minutes of the match because she was messing around. She got the glove and she was, you know, taunting and all that kind of stuff. And then Nyla Rose got up. But she wore the glove for the last like 10 minutes of the match. If this match went 10 minutes. I don't know. Um, it was kind of a sloppy match. They <laughs> did. He did a little high freaking roll up cross blades, which didn't look good, but whatever. I mean, I'm not booking these matches. Uh, so we had a press conference for FTR and versus Santana and Ortiz. FTR said they grew up poor, and all four of these dudes have a lot in common. Cool. I don't care. 
Uh, let's send in Ortiz, one of them. They show pictures of them being poor. They're like, this is my mom. This this is poor. This is this. This is that. And he just kept going on. I was like, man, calm down. And one of the dudes from FTR said, well, I only care about three things. God, family, wrestling. I mean, okay. Whatever floats your boat, dude. That's your three things. So then we had inter- the interview with Andrade with Tony Schiavone, but then they call Andrade an international superstar, which he is not. Because if I ask three people from other places, hey, do you know who Andrade is? They'll be like, who? So Andrade is not an international superstar. Um, Tony Schiavone got the mic taken from him in like three seconds. Cool. Andrade said he is a surprise for everybody. And it's Chavo Guerrero. So Chavo Guerrero comes out with no hair. Oh my lord. Uh, Chavo Guerrero is here as a consultant to Andrade. Why is he not here as a wrestler? Chavo should be the wrestler. Whatever. Um, Chavo's, Chavo's got the mic and he said, hey, people know who I am. And that was the best part of the show right there. Chavo said, people know who I am. Uh, it was amazing that Chavo said that. Uh, Chavo says it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, even though all the ratings are down. So I don't know if it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. That, that's cool, though. AW just went up for the first time in, like, ages, because they got a mill last week. Holy, they got a mill. Because uh, they, all their themed, aka pay-per-view, I'm calling them pay-per-views, because you're giving away pay-per-view matches for free on all these freaking television shows that are, quote-unquote, just themed episodes. Whatever. Dude, you gave away a Texas death match for free on live television. Then the week before, you gave away a coffin match on live television. Those are pay-per-view matches. You're, just, you're doing what TNA used to do. It'd be like, well, I have ratings. Rob Van Dam versus AJ Styles versus Mojo in the main event. Which should be on the pay-per-view, but it's not got to be. Whatever. Uh, Andrade called out Pac Ray, Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Penta. Uh, A.K.A. Death Triangle. And Death Triangle shows up. And Andrade is just randomly talking about nothing at this point. He's like, I'm Andrade, blah, blah, blah. I'm Andrade. I'm Andrade is something, something, something. And Chavo Guerrero take the mic from him. He's like, dude, shut up. Like, he had translate everything for him. He's like, uh, made up some bull crap. Well, <laughs> Phoenix and Penta, they know, what they're, they know what he's talking about. But Pac, you only speak one language. Let me translate this for you. Dude. This ain't Lucha Libre Wrestling. This ain't Lucha Underground. Everybody watching this... Sorry, 90% of the people watching this are from America. So, for them, Andrade's just talking about nothing while he's talking. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Andrade Andrade said his name a lot. And it's really Alberto Del Rio. Because Alberto Del Rio used to say, I'm Alberto Del Rio. I'm rich. I'm famous. I'm, it's my destiny, blah, 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 C, C, C. That's all Alberto used to say. And Andrade's giving off the same vibe here. The, uh, I'm Andrade, ah, well, blah, 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 nobody cares. Um, also, they let three dudes who aren't very good at speaking English on English television talk on the mic. Penta talked on the mic. He had, He talked Spanish. He didn't say anything in English, so we had Alex the translator translate it for him. Why don't you just why wouldn't you just let Alex get the mic to begin with? No no. Ray Phoenix talked. He talked a little bit of English, but it wasn't amazing. And Andrade was talking. You have three dudes who English isn't their first language talking on the mic. Why? Why? 
Nobody knows what they're talking about. Uh, I mean, besides the people who know Spanish watching the television show, but AEW is a primarily U.S. television show that you and people from the U.S. watch. Whatever. Cool. And I did like the segment. It, I mean, the Chavo Guerrero coming out was the best part of the segment. And him saying, wait, people still know who I am? Uh, yeah, the best part of the segment was Chavo. I didn't like it. Uh, then we had a Christian Cage promo. Okay. Um, Christian is mad that Hardy's people, because I'm not going to call them the Hardy boys, because that's Jeff. Um, and Matt. But the Hardy people beat up Marco Stunt, who sucks, who's a midget. Okay. Midgets in wrestling, you know, this is WCW. Or TNA, whatever you want, people. AEW. People trying to tell me that TNA, that AEW isn't the, the next TNA or, a, or WCW. Midgets wrestling? Ah, uh, okay. Hey, Beetlejuice. <laughs> anyway, that's what he went by. Um, he was Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Oh my god, this so then QT said, hey, they went backstage to QT and he said, oh, I'm going to apologize to Tony Schiavone next week. Because last, last week, he poured a smoothie on Tony Schiavone. Cool. I was down with it. Okay, QT, do it yourself. Uh, but then this week, he said, oh, next week, I'm going to apologize to Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring. Yeah, boo, you suck, QT. Don't apologize. Um, so uh, Cassidy sneaks up behind the blade and Jarrett said the bunny is a part-time surgeon. Because apparently the blade was faking an injury, and JR said, Well, you know, she's a part time orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> okay, JR, how'd you, how'd you do it? Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, Cassidy kicked out a score corkscrew two style pile driver, uh, then Arch Cassidy hit the Arch Punch and won. Then he hit the Arch Punch with Brass Knucks after the match. Chris Jericho backstage, being interviewed, he said next week he's going to be the pain maker. Whatever that means, because apparently that's a big thing in New Japan. Excalibur was marking out. He said, "What? Well, he beat Naito. He beat Tomato. He beat... They talk about who all he beat. He had to beat Naito in New Japan. Okay, cool. And that's why New Japan sucks. You know, beat Naito clean. Okay. Whatever, because Chris Jericho's in. So you got to let him beat Naito clean. Whatever, man. Naito's the man in New Japan. He should be champ. Um, but anyways... Then after that, it goes to the Texas Death Match. Jesus, I didn't watch it because what's the point? Uh, didn't watch the Texas Death Match, but Lance Archer won. Uh, I'm assuming in a stupid match because AEW is stupid when they come to things like this. Um, Lance Archer won. Cool. But then after the match, the dude that was sitting in the stands, jump barricade, showed up. It was like, hey, I want a title shot. For the IWGP, you know, it's a championship, or AKA the New Japan United States Championship. And I was like, okay, cool. And that's how, I'm pretty sure that's how the show went. Man. The, the show wasn't, was it bad? Kind of. But Nick Gage was there. And then Chavo Guerrero showed up. So, it doesn't even it out. I don't know. I'm going to give the show an average <laughs> I give it 5 out of 10. It's a, better than the other AEWs that I've watched. The other AEWs get like a 3 or 4 or 2 out of 10. The one with Shaq was lit, though. Only because Shaq was on it. Um, But yeah, I didn't really enjoy this. Like I said I would. At the, at the beginning, I said I enjoyed it. Then I remember all the notes that I took. And I was like, never mind. This show kind of sucked. Um... I liked the show because Nick Gage was there and Sean Spears' chair was there. And, I mean, Sean Spears got beat clean in the middle of the ring. 
with help, but whatever. Um, then Chavo Guerrero showed up. And I remember how stupid the show gets with, well, Nick Gage is going to lose in his debut. Cool. Uh, you let three dudes who can't speak English on the mic. Well, that's great TV right there. I mean, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Monday Night Raw was definitely better than AEW last night. Um, for the first time in forever. I mean, or have mercy. Um, Raw was way better. They had Cena back. They had Goldberg. A lot of people don't like Goldberg, but at least Goldberg sells you tickets. And, I mean, people people pop for Goldberg. It brought back Jeff Hardy, No More Wars, and Jeff B. Carey and Cross, Jeff B. Carey Cross, which I loved. Um, yeah, Monday Night was definitely better than AEW last night. Um, well, I watched SmackDown. Well, Connor will, Connor's gonna get me to watch SmackDown this week. I haven't watched SmackDown forever. So, I'll watch SmackDown, and I will tell you which show out of the three was the best. It'll probably be Monday Night Raw, because what's gonna top Monday Night Raw? Who knows? Uh, but anyways, thank you for listening to the Three Ball Podcast. Stay safe. Peace out.